Hey, you. Thank you for tapping into an episode of Untapped Keg. Have you in sobriety or even just mental health and post-pandemic had problems with connecting with people? And it feels like everything that we do is based around alcohol or, you know, parties and the connections don't just don't make you feel great afterwards. I felt that way. So I didn't know how to meet friends. I just moved to a new place, like in the pandemic, like by a new place, I mean, new state, new city across the country, 18 hours from home. And I realized I didn't have friends that I was connecting with that were deeper than how's your favorite football team doing? How's the weather? That kind of a thing. So I started a meetup group that is called Free Life, Alcohol Free and Free. And through this meetup group, I met two wonderful people. Well, one of them I actually met through Twitter. You'll hear that in this episode. But I am joined by my friends and co-founders, Elena Thorsenson and Christina Kimbrough. And we talk about starting a company, Free Life LLC, uh, around creating community and events that are not focused on alcohol. They can have alcohol there, right? But they're going to offer adult drinks that are non-alcoholic. And that doesn't mean that you're sober. That doesn't mean that, you know, alcohol is the worst thing in the world. It just means that we can be humans together living through this experience. So I'm very excited for you to listen to their passion and then how we decided to come up with this business. And if you're interested in joining a meetup group or um, our meetup group, I'll have the link below. It is called Free Life. I'll call Free and Free. And we just talk about life. We don't, it's not like a meeting. It's not like a intervention. It's just a meetup group where we don't drink alcohol. And so it's family friendly and we just talk and that's it. So get ready. Here comes the episode. Thank you so much for joining. Sobriety is scary. That's why Untapped Keg explores different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so that you know you are not alone. Hopefully you can find something you can implement into your own life. Sobriety and mental health are topics they often are uncomfortable and complex. We do not shy away from any conversation. But you should know we try to be respectful. But there's always room to learn and grow. Everyone is welcome here. As you are. And you will be respected. We are not medical professionals and do not give medical advice. Please seek medical care if you need it. Now let's get to the show. Hey, you. Thanks for joining the podcast today. It's a very special episode that I'm excited to share. Uh, I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I am joined by Christina Kimbrough and Elena Thorstenson. Uh, they're two very good friends of mine. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how we met and honestly, the business that we're starting. And it's very exciting, especially for connection. Um, so how are you doing today, Christina? I'm great. I'm really excited to be here and this kind of stuff fills my cup. So I'm honored. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to collaborate too. How about you, Elena? How are you doing today? Doing great. 
it's it's exciting to have you both here and collaborating, right? Because how we met is interesting and it really goes into what we want to create with our business that we'll get into in a little bit. But before we get into that, let's go into a little bit about who you are. So uh, Christina, do you want to go ahead and tell your story about how we met and then um, your story about alcohol free? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's crazy. I think RJ, you and I met about a year ago, like last April. And I think you found me on Twitter, right? Like I had tweeted something about where I lived in sobriety and you sent me, I'll have to go back and read the message. It would be just fun to see, but you reached out and said that you were like new to the area and you were sober. (laughs) And I remember being so excited because, you know, we're all in Virginia, um, Hampton Roads area. And I lived in Chesapeake and yeah, I didn't have any friends that were sober here. And so we got coffee at Panera. And I just remember we like hit it off and you had so many such great energy and so many good ideas. And then we just like kept in contact. So it's been cool. Yeah. And that goes into, you know, taking a chance and reaching out about with people that, you know, might be in the area. And I think I saw uh, you that through the hashtag recovery posse. And then I remembered following you and then, yeah, I reached out. I was like, oh, I don't have any friends. So let me reach out and yeah. see. So yeah. it was, it was an amazing, uh, it was a little bit of a risk you know, for both of us to sure. put ourselves out there, but it definitely paid off. Yes. So, um, how about like your story with getting to sobriety and then, um, you know, how, what that was like and then the connections that you've made since then? Yeah. For sure. So um, I started drinking, funny enough, I didn't really drink in high school or college. Um, I grew up in a kind of strict um, religious household, so not alcohol around me. But my drinking didn't take off until I met my husband, who is in the military. And um, that's a big drinking culture. And so I drank a lot during that time. But I mean, looking back, I see the problem, you know, it's problematic. Um, but everyone around me was drinking, right? So like all of us, you know, I fit in with the culture. So like my blacking out or throwing up was funny. Like it wasn't, you know, anyway. So I did that probably through my twenties and then my early thirties, it started to really like impact my marriage. I lost a job. Um, and so my husband kind of put down an ultimatum and was like, you know, I can't take this anymore. Cause like at the height of it, he was having to pick me up from bars. I would stay out all night. You know, it was getting bad. and so. My sober date is February 3rd, 2020. Um, I got sober at the height of the pandemic, which was wild. Um, and I just moved home to Cleveland, Ohio, just because I needed to remove myself from this area just because there were so many bars that I loved to go to. And I just, you know, I needed a fresh start. So I got sober in Cleveland, where I'm originally from. And yeah, February 3rd was my last drink. Um, and now here we are. So <laughs> yeah, c- congrats because you know your date wasn't too long yeah. ago, so that's yeah. that's really amazing. And then to understand that you need to remove yourself from the environment like that, right? Yeah, that's something that I think people uh, can take for granted, and uh, yeah. it really is important. So, right. and yeah, our connection that we've made is really sustained, which is uh, which has been great. So. Yes. Um, Elena, so how about you? How did you want to talk a little bit about how, your story to sobriety and then um, kind of how we met? Yeah, so I'm so happy that we met back in, I think it was 
August, September, right around mm-hmm. that time, that uh, through RJ's meetup group, which has been, so first I met RJ and then a couple of weeks later met with Christina, really had this great connection. I felt like uh, um, just, I'm incredibly fortunate to have met friends that have inspired me to, you know, be more creative and just talk more about sobriety and um, so many other things beyond that. But um, in terms of my story, I'm the sober baby of the group probably because I, my sobriety didn't start until 2022, even though like Christina, there were some red flags in retrospect. I see them now growing up in the country with widespread drinking culture um, and also using alcohol as a, this emotional regulation tool after my divorce. Um, now I know how big of red flags those are. But at the time, it wasn't until 2020, 2021 that I started questioning my drinking habits and um, really felt this hypocrisy in my life because I was always such a health conscious person. I would you know, try to eat healthy, exercise and all that. But there was this little voice inside of me that would be like something, there's some disparity with your identity right and drinking was that 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 disparity but it wasn't until so i moderated most of 2021 and uh in 2022 i finally decided that it's just not serving me i um felt so much better after giving it up for four months or so and then that drink having that drink after those four months is what really made me realize how much alcohol messes with our well-being and just general state of um contentment and happiness yeah and that's i know you like to say you're the sober baby of the group but you're still there right you're moving on like that's something that we cannot take for granted is making that decision and then making your life better for it but your story is so powerful because you didn't make it with hitting the proverbial rock bottom where it's i have to change this or my life is altered And people who are thinking about maybe starting like health reasons are a massive reason, especially when you start to really look into it. And uh, when you start to feel it and then go back and you're like, wait, even just one drink messes with me this much. Like that's, that's such an incredible observation. That's hard to uh, make the connection with for a lot of people. And it's, it's something that, um, I think we're taking into account as well when we're, we talk about this business that we're starting all about, you know, making these connections. And it's great how I started this meetup group that I've talked about on the podcast a couple of times, like September area. And I really like the three of us met and became like this, you know, triumvirate for a fancy term there. Right. (laughs) And, uh, we met through this and I, I did it because to be completely honest, I needed friends and I'm looking on all these apps and it's like a lot of drinking, a lot of alcohol. I can be around it. Okay. But like, I don't want to be around those people or at, at those people. I don't want to be at those events where it's a, all based around alcohol and you just, you don't fit in as much as it doesn't bother you. You don't fit in. And there is that difference. So when we started talking about ways that we could connect with people, like we really decided, you know what, 
we're going to start this business and it's going to be around creating connections. It's going to be around reaching people where they're at. We want to create a place where people don't feel isolated. There's chances and ideas for people to uh, be able to reach out and find community, right? So having this local event that really started around these two meetup groups, because Elena, you took over a sober group as well on meetup and it's been really successful. And having these two work together has been, um, it's been eye-opening and it's been like inspiring for all of us, I think. So how is, I guess, who wants to call out the name of uh, our business that we're going to have here? Does anybody... Christina's looking like she wants to. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we, we're all creative here. And I love that. And I love, I just, the naming process was fun. I feel like, what did we have like five names before or something? I feel like we like had different versions and that's like the creative yeah. process. Um, but yeah, we're Free Life LLC. So, um, and like, I just, I think the name came to me like while I was asleep <laughs> one night and me and you and I, RJ, I think we talked about it, how like, I don't know, is it your subconscious? But yeah, I woke up at like 3 a.m. and just because I'm so excited. Like we all, I think, have a group text and we all talk about how inspired we feel after we leave just our business meetings and stuff. And so, um, yeah. And I think to me and maybe Elena, you know, we, we can maybe even share, but like free life to me, it's just like, obviously it's alcohol free, substance free. But like to me, it's also when I got sober or entered the alcohol free life, it was also a life free of the stigma related to addiction, the, 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 you know, being free of the shame of past decisions. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my hope that other people that encounter us and our business and our brand could eventually see that hope, um, and, you know, experience freedom as well. Yeah. And to me, like, I love how you segued into that with like, it it meaning being free of the stigma, free of all of this. And, you know, removing those boundaries that we placed on ourselves, like, you know, and I, I heard it and I was like, that makes, that's a good name. That's, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, Elena, when you, when you heard the name kind of like, what, what is it about it that resonated with you? I thought it just fit perfectly into everything else that we've discussed. And, you know, with other names we've been talked about, um, you know, removing st- stigma, removing barriers, uh, free of shame. And it just, it flows so nicely um, in my mind, like free life of everything else that we've talked about that it's being freed off with, um, you know, removing that addiction um, out of your life. So whether it's free from stigma, free from shame, free from substance, uh, free of wh- whatever else that might be for everybody. And it. I love how open-ended it is because free life can be so that liberty is so different. It looks so different for everybody. You know, um, it doesn't, for us, it may be alcohol, but for so many people, it can be something completely different, you know? And I think there's still this sense of freedom that is pretty universal for everyone as they give up that and they step into recovery. Yeah. And, you know, I've, the open-ended part. I think that's something that all three of us resonate with so much because for me, I've been alcohol-free for nine years, but really three years ago was when I started to claim my freedom, where it was, 
not putting holding myself to like one label or two labels and that was it as a person and like holding myself inside that barrier or um even just <laughs> living my life still around alcohol it was just not having alcohol it was that was a big big thing for me so what was i escaping in life that was holding me back instead of allowing me to be free yeah. and i think that's what all of us really you know, we really do care about and we want to bring to other people through, you know, examples, through teaching and education, but also through just allowing people to be who they are like that. That is freeing for people as well. So um, when it comes to kind of what we plan on doing through free life, um, Elena, do you kind of want to go into our uh, gosh darn it. I had the name and now I just blanked on it. Right. The, uh, peer support that we're going to try to offer people accountability partner program. That's what it is. Accountability. So when we think about recovery, uh, well, for me, it was an idea of this one morning, just like Christina waking up and thinking it, it was the accountability partner that I, the piece that was missing for me in the early sobriety was somebody like you guys that I was later on, once I met you, were able to text and say, hey, I am feeling a certain kind of way. Maybe there's a craving or here's here's some emotions that might be triggering. But all of that is now in retrospect, I know how to deal with these cravings. How useful would that be, that accountability, uh, that accountability partner for me? In the beginning of my sobriety, in the first few months, as I was just stepping into it, somebody who would really tell me that it is totally okay to crave the high dopamine activity or something as you are detoxing from um, addiction. Somebody who can not just walk me through, but also just hold me accountable and say, it's okay if I were to relapse or, do, you know, so I thought to myself, peer, another peer is really what would be useful in recovery. Somebody who is um non-judgmental who is just there to listen and i um without and essentially removing the major commitment out of it where i feel like i am reporting to somebody so instead it's another peer um who can just listen to me once a week have produce provide the support through text or whichever other um media So, yeah, but the model is essentially another person who is sober, who's there to support you through a weekly call and um, text messages and what um, whatever else that can be customized for each individual person. Yeah, and I mean, it's exciting. You told me about it and I was like, that sounds like a lot of work. But when you explained it, it's like, no, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying there. And that, that is important for people. That's part of that connection and not feeling alone and providing that hope for people that is so important and then I thought oh sorry no you go ahead and I thought to myself how big it can become because all one thing all the sober community has in common that has been absolutely just amazing and heartwarming to me to see is how supportive everyone is and how sober people more than anybody I've ever met this community wants to give back wants to engage and wants to help other people everybody seems to be 
volunteering and doing this and that. And I thought, this is a model that can not only help people who are new to sobriety and new to recovery, but also engage the sober, supportive community. Um, and there are, I mean, I know dozens of people right now that would be willing to be on that call and be those uh, people to be reached out to for support by other sober uh, folks or somebody who's struggling. So that was um, that was another reason is because it, it goes both ways. It gives it feeds people that are providing that support, the sober peers, as well as people that are in recovery that can potentially then become those um, those accountability partners in the future as well. Yeah. And uh, if you don't mind, if I jump in and why it really resonated with me was because I remember I needed this when I was first getting sober. I used AA at first um, and it helped. But I after a while, I I just it wasn't resonating with me anymore. And like, you know, I think I told you this, Elena, but like, you know, I'd go to events, you know, and it was like I was early sobriety and I was still nervous that I would drink. And like, you know, my husband's in the military. He's not always available. So like I couldn't just call him. And my family loved me, but they had been traumatized through what they'd gone through with me. So it was like, I had shame around that. I didn't want to call people and say, call. like, if you, if you're not in, if you're not in recovery or sober, you're, you just, you don't get it. And that's okay. But like, so if I'd call my family, they'd be like, what, you have a craving after 90 days or, you know, like there would be that overreaction. And then I'd have shame and not want to call and reach out. So I didn't really have a group, like if you don't go to AA, like, what do you have? You know what I mean? And so like a program like this would have been so helpful because then I would have a non-judgmental peer who would just be like, okay, well, this is just a craving. And like, you'll pass through it. You know what I mean? And like, talk me through it. So anyway, I, I totally resonated because I was like, yeah, I, I would have loved this during an event to have someone text me and be like, hey, how's it going? You know, and just check Oh man, did I lose everybody? Okay, I think you're back. All right. Ooh. Yeah, I internet just skipped on me. So uh the last thing I think that I heard uh you were talking about the event and having uh somebody to walk through you uh you with it. So yeah. I mean, that's pretty much just it. It's just like, I, I remember feeling really alone and honestly, to be fair, even like I, I didn't want to call my, I'm like processing this life. Like there were times I didn't want to call my sponsor and be like, you know, I want to drink because in AA, it's a very, look, I don't hate it, but it's a, it can be a judgment-based and fear-based program. And so I was, a and then that would cause me to relapse because it's like, I didn't feel like I had a safe space to call someone and just be like, look, I'm really struggling. Like, you know, just, and so if I'd had someone who wasn't anxious, could be like, this is totally normal. You're, you're it's not a moral failing that you want to drink after 90, 60, whatever. That would have been life-changing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to find sober community without AA, so. I, if I can add one thing that Christina had reminded, not reminded, but I, th- I think it was you who get, got me to think about that as we were discussing this model of accountability. Sometimes we just go through certain things in life and 
whether it's a loss of a loved one, a breakup, a stressful time at work, or something like that, that where we know we're more vulnerable to those triggers, we know we're going to be um, going through this emotional turbulence that we will have to deal with. That is another time frame that could be that where we could benefit from that accountability just for somebody to be there and emotionally hold that hand for us and know that this is it's temporary. Remind us that sobriety is something that is helping you through that process that, you know, uh, just um, even if it's a temporary base. So I like um, the, that part of the this model where it can be as short term as what may need it, depending on what's going on in life. So if somebody knows that they have an upcoming time that will be hard for them emotionally coming up, at that's that's fine. It can be just a month. It can be a week. It can be, oh, Christina, you mentioned an event. It might be a wedding that somebody is going to and being around family, but putting yourself in the environment where you know you're going to be exposed to a craving. That's um, another reason for that accountability support that I think people could use, especially since I think one universal thing for everybody in sobriety is that it is very isolating in the beginning. First few months before you build that community, it can be really isolating. And for somebody to walk you through, hey, let's build your toolbox for early sobriety. Let's build your toolbox for later sobriety. Let's walk through your triggers and cravings and time of the day that they may be occurring, what is triggering them and how you can mitigate those is, is what is the reason for like the underlying reason for the model. Yeah. I love it. And even if I could just be vulnerable and share for a moment, like I think this business is going to help so many people because I am three years sober and like I'm going through a really hard time. And if I didn't have you guys and the business and a reason to stay sober, I probably would have drank again, to be honest. So, I mean, it's for anyone that's in recovery. And like you said, Elena, I I like talking about this experience because a lot of times people in recovery often say like, I couldn't, I don't ever want to drink again. Like it's, you know, but I'm like, I'm three years in and I've been more tempted in this season of my life because of things going on than even in early sobriety. Um, And so, but I feel a lot of shame around that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I have you guys, but it's like a lot of people don't talk about that or have the resources to, you know what I mean? To just, and I'm compassionate to myself and I'm like, it's just a craving and it'll pass. But I, learned that and educated myself. So this service could really help people even in long-term recovery. Like you, Elena, you made me think of it. Like, I think we're, life is cyclical, right? We go through highs and lows and recovery is the same. So. Yeah. And to share one of my own stories, uh, at eight years sober, I have had the strongest cravings that I've had since my first few months. And that is because I am single again. Yeah. And I've never been single without drinking. So mm-hmm. how do I meet people while I'm while I'm sober? Like that's something that um, it, I didn't realize it was going to be a trigger until I started thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't know how to date or even ask for a woman's phone number without having at least one drink in me. I think I've done it once in my life, twice in my life. Like that's it. With yep. the intention of going on a date, not with an intention of like being friends. Like it's just, it's a different aspect of it. And, you know, when we talk about um, this too, this isn't like a program to get sober and it's not like a program to um, 
it's just a program to help people find a connection. It's not, we aren't going to tell you like if you're using a different program, no, you can't use that. You have to use this one. Like this very much is what works for you, works for you. And that's how we feel. And like, that's, you know, when I started this podcast, it was very much what you're talking about, about helping people not feel alone. Let them know that, yes, like I have experienced that. Yes, I've gone through these things. And really has been a chronicle of my journey of kind of awakening up front that I'm just surviving through life to trying to create a life where I'm thriving and getting there. But having this community building, having these connections, like that is what I realized, you know, I've been missing. And when you're drinking, you fake those connections very well. You fake the fact that you're getting connection. But when you stop drinking or you stop escaping life, you start to realize, why am I missing something? I'm missing something. There's this hole. And oh, I'm missing connecting with people. But now just being there and talking about the weather and like, that doesn't do it anymore. I need something deeper. So creating a space where people can have these connections that are authentic and real and you start to dig into yourself about why do I enjoy this? What is it? Can I put words to it? And that is kind of like that hope in that community. And you can start to create a place where people can start to thrive instead of just survive when you're just trying to get through the day. And RJ, that might be like the perfect segue too to mention the other side of the business. Yeah. Right. You made me think of it like when you said, oh, how am I going to meet you know, dating or friends or whatever. So the other side of the business, I'll just jump in is like events, right? Alcohol-free events, alternative events where, you know, Elaine and I talked about it. Like I, the reason I'm also excited about our company and our, our movement really is like, okay, so I love to dress up. I love to go out. I am an extrovert, but it is very isolating to go to a bar and go out with your friends. And I am also like both of you, I can be around alcohol, Um, and not be tempted. But it's also just really irritating to be around drunk people when you're I'm not judging anyone like by any means, but it's like, you can't have a great conversation when everyone around you is drunk. So anyway, you know, I'm 34. I don't have kids. I still want to go out like I don't there weren't alternatives for me until I met you guys truly like, it was like, okay, AA and coffee shops. But it's like, I want to go out like I'm not dead. You know what I mean? Like I'm sober, not dead. You know, like I want to have fun. Um, And so I think what we're going to aim to do with this is create like ladies nights where it's like a group of sober women going out, you know what I mean? Like having dinner and like having great community. And you guys mentioned like sober dating, like all these things. So I think we're going to bring it to our community and then maybe hopefully we can spread it through the nation, you know, where people are having events that are sober. Right. And like the other part of it is I have a friend who's not sober but she drinks very, you know, rarely. And she was like, I would come to your like mocktail happy hour in a heartbeat. I love that. She's like, you know, because I don't identify as sober, but like, I also like to cut back on my drinking. And she's like, I think that sounds amazing. So I think part of what we want to do too is broaden the tent of what sobriety is and sober curious and bring more people in because a lot of people identify as being in recovery, but a lot of people are like my friend. She just doesn't want to drink because she just feels like shit in the morning. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's bridging the gap between those communities. 
and it's showing the alternative that's there, right? It's showing exactly. that, oh, you know, I can go out to this dinner and have a drink that's an adult drink that I can get that's not a, you know, cranberry juice and club soda. Or like, Diet Coke. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, a sweet tea. But it's it's a non-alcoholic IPA beer that tastes yes. good. It's a, you know, a craft cocktail without the alcohol. Like that's the part where I get, I get excited because it's stuff that even I didn't know about and I didn't think about until I was out at a, you know, this restaurant that we're working with to bring, you know, a craft mocktail menu and make it a highlight. And when I tried some, I'm like, this is what I'm missing. I am missing the ability to enjoy this drink. Or even like Elena and I, we went to a brewery and we got that craft IPA that was on tap. We just sat there and talked like two friends sitting at a bar, literally had like a, you know, a fatty appetizer that was delicious, but it's, you don't realize you miss that until you do it. And you're like, oh, I like the taste of this. I like the feeling of just being here. And you are creating that connection too, because it's not not making your brain foggy and you're having conversation. And I'm so glad. I'm so excited too. We see you guys, we have such good energy. We're inspiring people because I feel the same. You made me think of something. So like, I, like I said, I love, like my drinking was social. So I would go to my favorite breweries. I'd talk to the brewmaster. Like I would make real friendships through my drinking. Right. And it was like, when I entered AA, there was, it was very dogmatic. And it was like, well, you can never go to a bar again. It was like making me feel like I was a failure, right? Like, you know, like if you go, well, this just your, this part of your life is over and you, and then they were, there was shame behind even like, I haven't even admitted this till now. Like I've felt embarrassed that I even wanted to go to happy hours because it's like, well, you're an alcoholic, so you can't go. Whereas you're freeing me to say like, no, and I do miss that. I don't miss the hangover. I don't miss drinking. I just miss the atmosphere of a brewery or, you know what I mean? Like sitting with my friends at happy hour. And it's so liberating to be in that atmosphere again and create these new memories. Yes. All of a sudden, because that's in the early sobriety, a lot of people feel ashamed to miss their memories. And I think in the, in the beginning of sobriety, everything is very habit driven, right? Because you have a habit of going out. Like I love my local brewery to go to and, you know, play darts or board games or something like that. And it was this whole experience. It wasn't just the drinking that I was missing, but being able to admit it and now being able to create new memories without drinking that you can look forward to. I think that is, that is something that more people need. And especially I was just talking to somebody, I was taking a walk with a friend. She told me she Um, she's in financial business and she does a lot of these fundraisers and just um, networking events and all of them are always over drinking. And she said, I had one recently where I had to pick up my daughter afterwards and I just didn't want to drink. It was just not appropriate. And I felt like I was going to be one out of many, but a lot of people actually weren't drinking. So here we have these industries that are focused around these events that are always drinking events, but more and more people are feeling out of place because we have life outside of drinking. Yes. And we don't want to place alcohol at the center of it, right? So more and more people finding their way, their this 
again, disparity with their lifestyle. And maybe they they don't want to have, they don't have, they don't want to have a alcohol-centered lifestyle. Being able to do those events and creating new memories and new habits around other things that you can do that are alcohol-free, whether you're a person who is sober or not, you know, that only enriches your life. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think we want to bring. Like we we started to feel this through those meetup groups, right? Was that you're making these connections and why can't we have more of this? Like, can we do something at night? Like all of this. And then we started putting two and two together. And it's like, okay, we need to bring something to people that has been missing and really what has it been. And then when you start to learn more about recovery and what we know about, um, you know, the substance and how that affects us and what we miss, like that's where these pieces come together. And then it's about, okay, all that's blocking us is our imagination. There's these barriers that have been put up that are the double yellow lines in the middle of the road. Why can't you cross it? Well, they said I can't, but actually you can. And that's not a very good analogy because you cross the double yellow line. It's Mm -hmm. probably pretty hazardous, right? And dangerous. But like we have created this hazard that's not there. It's not real. And what it actually does is hold us back from living a life that we don't want to escape from. And that doesn't mean that there's not moments that you do, you, you're never going to want to escape from because that's not true. You're going to have moments where you're going to want to escape, but it's a matter of having skills and being present to be able to understand why and not just create a life around constantly escaping. So um, as we're kind of like going into these events, there's another aspect that we're kind of looking at too, Christina, with like the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, maybe talk about that a little bit with that idea? Yeah, absolutely. So what I found in recovery circles or anyone that's alcohol-free, so sober, however you identify, is that we want to share our experience. We want to share. We want to talk about it because often, like Elena said earlier, it can be isolating in early sobriety. So, you know, we thought, why not have sober storytelling nights? And we're still figuring out the name, but where people, um, and one of the goals that I have with it would be to diversify the types of recovery stories, right? The types of sobriety stories. Like I have a friend who's never had a drink in her life or a substance and she's young and loves to like go to concerts. That's an amazing story. I love that, right? Like we need a variety. And Elena is a perfect example. She didn't have to hit a rock bottom. Like I hit a rock bottom, but I think the other thing I want to do through our business, through our movement and through the storytelling is rewrite the narrative of addiction and sobriety, right? So now when we see, we hear alcoholic, we hear addict, right? Um, It's a very individual problem. I would like to flip that on its head, you know, through these stories and like, diversify who's telling those stories. Um, So right now we're going to kick it off and just do it locally. Um, I think the three of us are going to tell a story, um, you know, our own stories at like um, an alternative happy hour. And hopefully like once it goes well, we can just keep recreating that. And my goal would be to get as many, and I don't mean diversity as in like just race. I mean, 
age, you know, why you got sober, why you choose not to drink. Sober curious. Are you sober for a day or two? Like, I think the other part we want to do is even just normalize sobriety. So people can come if you're sober for a day or sober for 20 years. I mean, so. And yeah, that's a, and I like the normalizing, like make it, oh, you just don't drink. Like, okay. Like, oh, you just don't want that right now. Not having to explain well, why don't you want that? Like what, you know, what's going, and that's the part that it's like, okay, let's create something where you could just order something and people are like, yeah, okay. I see. That's cool. That's awesome. Like, and it's got good flavor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, all of this is really exciting and, you know, free life LLC. So when we get into it, like where we're based in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area, so let's just say Virginia Beach, Norfolk, uh, Hampton, that area, if you know, you know. And uh, so you can look for events that are from Free Life LLC. Where is the first uh, kind of place that people can find us, Christina? Probably Instagram. I mean, I think we, well, we're going to have an, we have an Instagram. So it's just Free Life, one word, LLC, Twitter and TikTok, though. Right now we're um, going to be big on social. Because that's big on social. Yeah, we want to, you know, just keep sharing these experiences with people. So, yep. And uh, if you're in Norfolk on March 19th, we're going to be at Engage Norfolk. If you want to come by and kind of meet us, talk to us in person, uh, hear our story, you can go to the social medias and uh, hear some more posts, leave comments and let us know, like, or even DM us if you want. Let yeah. us know kind of what you're looking for for an event, something that you missed that you wish that somebody would do um, and bring that up. And then, um, Elena, if people, what kind of content do you think, uh, you know, you want to bring to social media to kind of help uh, give people connection that they're looking for? Um, what kind of content I want to bring to social media? Yeah, because you've been you've been making some content that is yeah, she's doing it. great. So, yeah, she's killing it on TikTok. <laughs> I think normal. I uh, I think we're moving some barriers. I noticed a lot of misconceptions. Um, without being, I'm trying to do it without being too contradicting or. But you know, I I don't want to offend anybody, and um, I think a lot of whatever people do are doing for their sobriety works as long as it works for them. But also I noticed there's a huge population of people that just wants this destigmatized community, right? Whether it's for, whether it's temporary or permanent and just showing that it's an amazing community to be a part of, whether you're sober or not, you know, it's, this is a very typical person that I see now who makes up this community, who is who has so many different interests, who can of every age that you can possibly ma- imagine. It's very diverse. And um, I, I want to show that to people because to me, it was new. And I wish I had known how incredible this community of sober, sober, curious um, people are whether it's people from AA or people who are just, you know, like my friend in finance, I mentioned, she's just so curious. She just wants more events in her life and more fun in her life that is not fueled by alcohol. And um, 
So all of those people make up this incredible community. And I want to show more people that community and that they can, they don't have to have a name to be a part of that community. They don't have to have a lifestyle to be a part of that community. They can just be curious about it and be a part of it just by definition. And that is, that is definitely a show and not necessarily tell kind of a task. And you're doing a really good job of that. And uh, I just wanted to give you your flowers because you deserve them. Like you're the, what you're posting is it's engaging and, you know, people are resonating with it. And that's a, that's an amazing thing. So Christina, like to the social media, what, what are you looking to bring like yeah. uh, to help people find this connection? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I align exactly with Elena. I mean, that's probably why we're in business together. <laughs> but I think like, it's, I really, I want to go deeper on what she said. I love that idea of not label, like you don't have to have a label Um, because mm. I identify as an alcoholic for a few years and then recently was like, I don't like that term. It's limiting, whatever. And, you know, people can identify, however, whatever helps them. But like Elena said, the recovery, sobriety, alcohol-free community is huge. There's a lot of us, right? And we come from really cool, different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And I think what people can expect to see from free life, you know, is a lot of that is highlighting different roads to ditching a substance. You know what I mean? And that we talk a lot about alcohol, but I'd also like to include people that have used you know, drugs, right? Like Oxycontin, fentanyl, like all, all, all of it, just living a substance-free life um, with clarity. And I think it's important to just highlight those voices. And because look, I mean, we've talked about this and I think we should share it. Eventually, like the work, this work, I would like to see maybe, I don't know, 50 years from now where alcohol is seen as kind of like cigarettes, where it's like, if you get a drink, the social pressure is, you know, more so almost like, wow, you drink, don't you know how bad that is? You know what I mean? Like, and that maybe that's a poor way to put it. Like, I don't want to ever shame people into making a decision, but hopefully we can shift the culture because right now it's normalized to binge. It's normalized to get drunk. It's funny, right? And so I believe that through our work and our business, we are going to shift the narrative, shift that. So I think that would be the second part to to our content. It'll be a lot of, you know, not, again, not, no shame, but like just kind of, yeah, um, alcohol is not great for you, right? And I love what Elena said about with her story, the hypocrisy. And I totally relate to that. I was a runner. I've always been healthy, but I would like run and then go to the bar, like make it make sense for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have races and yoga that involve alcohol. <laughs> like we have, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, just to piggyback off this, we have so many, we are this green society. We have these yes. people that are so obsessed with different, with, with environment. We have apps yes. to tell us what's in our cleaning products and mm. how bad it is for us. Yes, we're duped into thinking, into ingesting poison routinely and think that it's good for us. And I think more people are waking up to how much we are fooled into it rather than and more people are empowered to make their own decisions for themselves and doing their own research and understanding that we just can't rely on this um, ship mentality of what's shown to us in the media or what's shown to us through marketing campaigns or what's what's told to us. More people are, um, I love how many people are just now questioning it. Like, oh, wait a minute. How much has this been romanticized for me and mm-hmm. how much 
control can I actually exercise over my life? Yeah. And if you don't mind, I'd love to add on to that. Like something that I'm realizing too is like, I think through our content, I'd like to highlight that like as a society, what we value and like, so in the narrative that we have now, we place the responsibility on the individual and we say, you're not you, Elena, but like you're sick, right? Like you have an addiction. It's it's not that, oh, you know, maybe that your life is stressful and that like we live in a society that normalizes and pushes alcohol. Like it's your problem. You're the sick one you know? Right. Um, right. And so like, I'm hoping that with our content and our movement, look, individual responsibility is important. Like I made mistakes when I was drinking and I'm responsible for getting sober, but we, as a collective, as a society, we do not talk an, un, enough about big alcohol and the role that it plays in getting people addicted. Look, alcohol is an addictive substance. It is a drug. We know that it's classified, you know? So it's like, we feel like I know this because I felt like a failure. I felt so alone, but it's like, what if we could start talking about that and get people thinking like, oh, maybe it's not just me. Maybe I'm not an addict. I'm not an alcoholic, but I live in a society that normalizes binge drinking. Right, right. And it's only with alcohol that we do that because we have smokers and non-smokers, right? Oh my gosh. do with activity. So we have people who decide to, smoke and people who decide not to smoke yet with alcohol it's a very different disease model that really has is a, uh, like there's no more and more research as i'm doing there's no empirical evidence to support anything we believe about alcohol so good. you know so like genetics are so exaggerated in our mm. mind and the we undermine how addictive the substance is and studies Thank show you. that but there's just no it doesn't make its well its way that those studies just don't make their way into popular culture. And yeah, it just, it, it's been mind boggling. Like this whole year I've been nose deep in research and just trying to decipher why it is not more accessible. Right. And like, that's like I said, I, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say it's society's fault and take away responsibility from the person that's dealing with an addiction issue or you know, whatever, but it's like, can we look collectively at society, you know, and like be, cause that's how I, I was able to give myself forgiveness. I was like, Christina, like you've been through trauma. You've been through a lot of things. You were handed a substance that you knew nothing about and started ingesting it and then got addicted to it, but, and then blamed yourself, you know what I mean? But you didn't look around. Like I never looked around and said, what is the water that I'm swimming in? Right? Like, where what messages am I being told? Well, I'm being told that it, I like in elk, even in AA, they use normies, right? They say the people that can drink, but can anyone really drink safely? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's people that can, but like, there's also a lot of us that struggle. And to me, I, I want to push back on that narrative and say, I don't think I have a disease. Like, I'm not sick. I completely, I like, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me that I cannot ingest poison safely. I think I forget which book it was where it basically said that the way we view um, the disease of addiction is very eugenic. We essentially yeah. say that if there is a person, it, it's yeah. a person problem. It's not a system problem. It's not a society problem. It's not a, a problem of who is incentivizing, who's sponsoring um, the research and all. It's 
we don't see the bigger problem. We just choose to focus. And even, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but like the drink responsibly, how we mm. they put, we put the blame instantly on the person. Like what is wrong with you, right? That you cannot drink responsibly or ingest the substance that is made to inebriate you. How dare you get inebriated by it? Right. Oh, so good. And that's just freeing to, to hear that. You know what I mean? So that'll definitely, I guess you opened a lot up, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be we have a lot of content to create. <laughs> yeah, and that's the you know, telling the truth about what not just we experience, but like yeah. what society brings to us. Like that's not that's not shaming, no. but it's giving you an option to make a choice instead of feeling like there is only one right way, right? And I think that what it boils down to is um, all of us telling you like, it's okay to look at different ways. It's okay to admit that you don't like this thing. And there are ways that you can still create that connection without it. And um, that's really that hope instead of looking at it, like my life is over the hope that, Oh, like this is going to be, this is going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And I'm actually going to benefit from this. And that's the the hope that I want to be able to give people as well. And I know both of you want to be able to give it as well. So once again, Free Life LLC, look for us. If you're in Hampton Roads, come out to the uh, Engage Norfolk event on March 19th, and you'll be able to find us at a booth. And we'll probably have something to give away to you too. So a little bit of a, a little bit of a tease. Free Life LLC on social media. Uh, look us up. Be ready to uh, get some pretty fun content along with some informative content. And uh, is there anything that uh, you want to leave us with, Elena? Um, no, I can't think of anything else. I think this was such a great discussion. I, I really appreciate it. And we will um, continue I'm just, I'm just it. So excited. <laughs> we will continue it. Don't worry about that. How about you, Christina? Is there anything? No, I mean, I think I'm just excited to continue this work. I think it's really needed. I think there's a gap, you know, in this community. And I, I'm excited for and I would the other thing I would say is, you know, we're a new company. So like we I think we're building as we go. So I think hearing from the sober community, recovery community, alcohol free, like if you have an idea for an event, like reach out to us. Um, don't underestimate like how open we are to trying new things. Cause that's the beauty of like a startup, like where, you know what I mean? Or if you think, oh, or if you think of a peer support thing that would be helpful to you, you know, like reach out. I think all three of us are very um, active on social media. We love feedback. We love hearing things. So I think that's, if I could leave any, your audience, you know, like um, if you have ideas, please, we welcome them. Yeah. And you know, that is something that we're going to need from you listening yeah. to this is what you're looking for, what you're missing, what can we help you with? And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're there to do. So that's free life LLC on all the social medias and, uh, look for some events if you're in the Hampton Roads area that's going to be coming up and go on meetup, uh, check the link below. Cause I'll include it. Join, join the meetup group, free life. I'll call free and free and the sober squad and you'll be able to find some events that are going to be happening. They're just, they're going to be smaller, but they're going to be, they're still great. And you're going to meet some amazing people. 
So uh, again, we'll leave that in the description and I'll leave it with this. Let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. If we don't make it, we tried. Have a great week, everybody. I love you.